Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, New Year, first yes, show. Sir, yes, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Man, we've been away for what? It seems like three months. It's only been, what, two weeks? Yeah, took off? it's a little bit under two weeks. Yeah, oh my goodness, man. I really miss coming on and doing the show and talking with people and receiving the emails. This this last two weeks, Brian, I said I was just going to do nothing. Yeah. I needed the rest. I hear you, I hear you. You know, I, I found really myself just doing several projects around the house. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I know about one of them. When I went over to your house, I saw you working on something. Yeah, yeah, building a wall. <laughs> Look, I felt so good when I finished. I, well, I'm not quite finished yet, but right. I felt so good at my progress. I said I might build another wall. In yeah, you one. might go, you might find you out building somebody else's house. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking. My mother-in-law wants me to build one in her house. Well, hey, you build me a wall around this. Like, okay. yeah. Uh, you know what? I guess you're going to be productive in 2008. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's. This was sort of like a groundbreaking. It was getting me ready to do some great things in 08. You know, I I was talking to my brother-in-law, and he told me how it was something that I said to him uh, probably about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, well, he told me that I said, you have to use what you you already have. Mm -hmm. And he said, I inspired him because he, you know, he does drywall work. Right. And he always worked for somebody else, you know, doing the drywall work. He worked for his uncle. He worked for other people. And he decided to start his own business because I told him, I said, why do you, why do you keep working for people when you know how to do all this, you know, yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, you can start your own business. It doesn't take that much. Mm-hmm. And now he has a flourishing business in Central Florida. Wow. You know, and so. Just those words, huh? Yeah. And, and the thing was, I had forgotten that I even told him that. You know, but he said, I remember. And so he kind of inspired me because I said, you know what? There's some things that I have not been doing that I said I was going to do. And one of them was building that wall. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so I built a wall. I mean, I've done a lot of different things now that I've, I've gotten that, you know, sort of that affirmation, that word that said you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's my motto for 08. My 08, my 08 motto is going to be I'm on it. Like I wanted, <laughs> you know, and I know that sounds like something that the rappers would say or whatever, but that's just what I—that's what I'm telling everybody. I'm on it, like I want it. That's all right. But you know what, Brian? You know, I'm, I'm thinking about what what you said to the guy. You know, it's amazing that we can say something, and to us, you know, we're probably saying, okay, well, I'm just going to say something uplifting or motivating to this person because they're down or. They seem as if they have the world on their shoulders, but you have no idea sometimes how powerful your words can be. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I always remember what my grandfather told, my great-grandfather told me. He said one day that I would be famous. Mm -hmm. And so I'm still looking for that day where I can prove his words correct, and I've never stopped trying to get to that point where people would know who I was and not necessarily for me but just because he said it mm-hmm. you know because I used to I, I remember you know, I would go to my grandmother's house and I would just sit there and bang on the piano mm-hmm. and he would laugh and have fun and, and you know he'd say yeah you're doing wonderful that sounds great and I know it sounded horrible I could just I was playing it was just banging 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 you know but that was just that one little word of encouragement that kept me going. Right. It, you know, and it inspired me to, you know, get into the music industry. And, you know, and it, it kind of drives me now because I knew he told me one day you would be famous. And I always believed in what he told me because, you know, here he was. He was 99 when he died. Mm-hmm. And I think he told me that when he was about age 92, 91, 92. And he said, yeah, you're going to be famous. You know, Brian, it, it, sometimes we stop ourselves 
And, and what I mean by that is we can dream something, but we, don't, but we will not pursue it. We'll start at it for a little while, and then because of something that somebody else says, or we'll talk ourselves out of doing it. We'll wake up so energized to do this great thing that we've, you know, that we've been given to do. Because we can't dream dreams. We can't dream what we want to dream. You just can't do it. How many times have you been asleep at night, Brian, and you wake up in the middle of the night or somebody woke you up out of a good dream and something was about to happen and somebody woke you up? You get mad and you want to go back to sleep and, and take, you know, take off where that, where that dream stopped and you want to take it over again, but you can't. Right. doesn't work like that. No. <laughs> so when we have those dreams, when we have that, if you, you know, if we take that model, if I can dream it, I can do it. If I can dream it, I can do it. And Brian in the chat room, one of our guests said that they like, they like the, uh, the phrase that you did, which you said, uh, I'm on it like I want it. And I told him to use it. Use it to their advantage. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, yes. To the guests out there in the chat room, that's exactly right. That's I've been telling people that, and they said, I'm going to use that. I said, embrace it, because it's not mine to hold on to. That's right. That's you know, right. Anything that you, that you give, it should return to you. That's right. Well, we've given out two phrases tonight, so we'll see how far how far that goes. If we get emails about it or if we, you know what, Brian, we, we may have to... Uh, Contact the people that's going to use our phrases and become millionaires and billionaires. They have to. They have to give <laughs> us something have to for license it. that phrase, huh? Yeah, they got to give <laughs> us something for it. But that's, but that's fine. But you know what, Brian? Uh, today I went in the gym and worked out after work, and I saw so many people in the parking lot. Like always, every year, they go in there in the gym and they have these New Year resolutions. They're going to do all these things, and Brian, I guarantee you. There will be a lot of empty spaces in the parking lot in the coming next two to three weeks. Today, we couldn't find a parking lot in the in the gym anywhere. All the parking lots, I mean, everything was filled. Everybody's in there working out hard, and you can tell the ones that needed to be in there. Uh, and I'm not picking at them, but, I mean, you can really tell that they really let themselves go. And they're in the gym, and they're working out, and, and it's a beautiful thing to see them doing that. But how long will they stay in there? How how long will they stay motivated? And what can we do to to stay motivated to do the things that we desire to do? That's my question. You know, a lot of times it has to do with something that they've, you know, gone over, over and over with, like weight. Let's just start out there since you talked about the gym. Mm -hmm. A lot of people struggle with their weight, and they struggle with their weight, and they continue to struggle with their weight because they have not made the conscious decision to really and truly do something different. Mm. You know, I mean, and I liken that even to myself. You know, I'm I'm not as small as I'd like to be. You know, I'm not, you know, morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not, you know, at my, what I consider my ideal weight. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there are certain things that I know I should be doing as far as eating different, eating better, eating healthier. And for the most part, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's always that occasional chocolate bar that I see that i got to have. Uh-oh. You know? <laughs> you know, and that's just being honest, you know. Right. I don't always eat healthy as I, you know, he- as healthy as I should, but I do, you know, pretty much a, an okay job. But there are some people out there that no matter how healthy they eat, they can't seem to lose it. Mm. And, you know, and part of that is that maybe they're not doing Maybe they're, they believe they're eating healthy, but they're not. You know, they might think, oh, if I just, if I eat this with a Diet Coke, it's better than reg- drinking a regular Coke, you know. And I can remember we had the uh, the fitness coach on. I can't remember her name. Oh, she's going to kill me. But uh, And she talked about that, how, you know, you go through these different cycles with, you know, trying to eat and trying to do a little exercise, and then you cheat, and then you find yourself cheating some more, then you find yourself letting yourself go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that's what happens to us at the beginning of the year. We're so pumped up and ready because it's a New Year's resolution and something that we're going to do different, but then we fall right back into the same old patterns. Do you think it's just not being disciplined to to really – follow through with what we said that we could do. But you know what, and, and Brian, you know, I want you to answer this, but 
you know, if we really went after our dreams and the things that we really said that we wanted to do, because no one told us to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we think we have these thoughts of things that we want to do and complete. If we stay focused on that thing and, and don't let anybody take our mind off what we're trying to do and we and we complete what it is that we're trying to do, that's an awesome feeling. Yes. You know, and and to answer the earlier question, you know, I think that you have to stay focused. You know, you can't let people take your mind off of it. And like when people that are trying to lose weight, when they see certain things that, you know, they know they shouldn't eat, but they really, really want it, those are like buzzwords. I mean, they're like, those. there's something that just sparks that chemical in your brain and says, I've got to have that. Do you think it's bad habits, too? You know, I don't necessarily say it's bad habit. It's just become habit. You know, whether it's bad or not depends on, you know, what it is. But Uh I think it's just habit. You know, if you're just used to eating that way. Like, I know when I was small, my grandmother, when you went to her house, you had to eat. There was no bones about it. She fed you every time you walked through that door. And you could and you better not say no. And you better clean that plate. You know, and, and she and, and that was the way that we ate. You know, so it was no bones. I mean you had a big plate. You always had a big plate. Grandma always fed you and my grandmother wasn't wasn't like she was thin. She was a little petite lady. But she made and the thing about it is that she cooked good food she didn't buy anything out of the can you know i can remember she had those she she'd get those snap peas off the right out from the back of the yard you know <laughs> and i'm like man and she'd pick those peas and we'd shell peas and you know and the next thing you know we're eating those same peas yeah you know Fine, she you know even what? had a butter churn in the yard i'm like man what is well when i found out what it was i didn't want to eat no more I, you know i didn't want to eat butter anymore because i'm like she made that in the backyard. That's right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, Brian, you know, I asked a guy today, I asked a gentleman today, I asked him, I said, well, what do you expect in 2008? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? What are you going to change that you know that you need to change in your life? He said, I'm going to stop smoking. And I asked him, I said, well, have you ever stopped before? Have you really given effort to stop before? He said, well, I, I I tried it for a little while and I stopped, and I didn't say anything further. I guess he was convicted. I guess, and he continued to tell me all the reasons why he went back to smoking. And I said, "Can you tell me one reason why you didn't stop?" And he couldn't. He couldn't tell me. He said that he smokes. It it calms him. I said, well, what about your health? He said, well, I'm not worried about that. I said, well, what about the ones that love you, the ones that are around you that see, you know, if something happens, if you get cancer from the cigarette, don't you think that's selfish? He said, well, you know what? I never thought about that. I said, well, you know, it's the things that you do to yourself. You're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting others that are around you that love you. And he said, well, you know what? I'm never going to smoke again. Hmm. He said, I'm making this affirmation. I'm declaring it right now that I'm never going to smoke again. And, you know, we shook hands. He was happy. I was happy, you know. And I I believe him. I really do believe him. And I think I've seen this guy so many times before, but this is the the very first time that we ever spoke. I've seen him time and time again, and I knew he smoked, but I didn't know that that was one of his goals to stop. Right. But for him to say what he said in the way that he said it, it was amazing. But like you said earlier, when you said something to your cousin or whoever it was about them doing something, it's words. It's the words that we use on a daily basis. We can speak life in a person or we can speak death in a person. And I guarantee you the results will be awesome if you speak life into someone. We can't be afraid to say nice things. As men, that's something that we don't do, Brian. You know, we can't really walk up to another man and say and compliment him on something because he's going to take it the wrong way. Right, right. You know, it's almost like if if it's anything you're saying, you're saying, for the most part, hey, man, that's a smooth tie. I like that tie. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're not gonna say, "Hey, bro, you know, you know, you're a cool cat. I like hanging out. I like talking to you." You're not gonna say that. <laughs> you know, for the most part, unless you already know who that person is and you and they and you feel like they're comfortable enough to take it. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't take it in a bad way. Mm-hmm. You know, because most of the time you do that, and people are looking at you saying, "Hey, wait a minute," you know, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> And it's so sad, but you know what, though? Sometimes you will see a person, and you know something dropped in you to say something to that person. Be bold, say it. Why are we we afraid of saying something motivating and uplifting to someone in 2008? Why can't we do that? You know, I think a lot of times people are afraid to speak because they don't, they're they're afraid of the reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, they're I, I think they're just afraid that somebody may lash out. What do you know about me? You know, because in my experience, some people aren't very friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and it takes a lot of courage for someone to go up and just, you know, just start a conversation out of the blue with somebody they've never met. You know, and I do that a lot. I mean, I talk to everybody. There's, I feel comfortable talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's very few people who I, who I can't hold a conversation with. Right. You know, and when other people see me now, oh, there's Brian. He's talking to that person. Don't let him talk you to death. You know, and they never know what type of conversation that person and I are having. Yes. You know, and I'll tell the person, listen. I I can talk to you all day about this subject because this is something that maybe, you know, because my subjects always seem to turn back towards children. You know, I mean, that's just that's just my thing. I love children. I love people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand that children are so important in the life of people in general, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I can I can remember talking to my uncle and my uncle uh he has been really down in the past couple of months and my daughter spent the night at his house. We were down in uh South Florida and my daughter spent the night at his house and he called me and he said, I am adopting your child. <laughs> he said, I had so much fun with her. Which one, the baby? The baby, yeah, okay. the little one. You know, and he said she just she just lit me up. She said he said I he said this whole week after Christmas I had just been down, down and out, not talking to anybody, just dragging my feet. And he said just seeing her, it just lit me up. He said I feel like a whole different person. He said I'm ready to take on O eight, <laughs> you know. And I'm like wow, you know. But that's the type of that's 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 the feeling that I get when I talk about children and when I'm around children. You know, because that's just me. That's my thing. I love people, and children are just so fun. You know, they laugh, they joke around, you know, and children are genuine. They'll tell you exactly how they feel. They'll tell you exactly how you look, <laughs> you know. And, they, and, you know, and most of them, they don't know to just say, um, excuse me, you know, I'm going to try to be respectful and not say that you have a bald head, you know. They'll, you have a bald head. How come your hair is not growing? <laughs> and you have stubble around your face, and you have gray in your beard, you know. They'll, they will tell you, and that's just such a joy to me to just listen to children talk. Yes, yes. Brian, we have a caller from the 407 area code. I'm going to go to them. But if if you have a question and you want to call in, Please feel free to call in. And, you know, if you have a question or comment, we really want to know what everybody's expecting in 2008. So please call 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Caller from the 407 area code. Are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, hi. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. How are you? I'm fine. How are you in 2008? What are you expecting? Great things. Good. Good. Really great things. It's been so powerful. I, um, <laughs> I said, "How much time will you uh, will you give me?" Because I have so much to tell you. <laughs> I have so much to tell you because um, um, I have an issue that I've been dealing with, and it's, it's rage and anger. 
and um, the reason why I befriended rage and anger or it befriended me, one or the other, is because um, as a child I was meek and I was quiet and withdrawn a lot. And so um, I got picked on and a lot of people didn't, you know, a lot of people I felt like didn't respect me or couldn't hear me. Mm-hmm. And then it, rage came into my life one day and it gave me the power to open my mouth and be bold. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. And I've always liked the ability to, to to go from zero to rage in two seconds because I like the power. I like the ability to have people, you know, like if they're if they're annoying me or if they're they're, they're whatever they're doing to me, mm-hmm. I feel like I have the right to go from zero to rage to get you to back off, uh, to get my way, to get my rights or whatever. And God is so good that He said, oh, "I'm gonna show you what rage will get you." So we, I started doing ministry again, outreach, and I went down to the homeless down uh, town in Orlando, and he said, this is where rage will take you. And he had those words come out of my mouth because my daughter is dealing with anger too, mm-hmm. thanks to me. And um, uh, I said to my daughter, I said, I said, Taylor, calm yourself because she was getting angry. I said, you know what? I said, your anger may lead you to these streets out here because I told her, I said, if you don't stop your, your acting up, I'm going to leave you right out here with these homeless and so um, Sister June said, no, don't say that to her. I said, really? I said, because your attitude will may one day leave, lead you right out here in these streets. I said, because anger is not a friend. Now, as I'm saying this, I know full well God is talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to her, anger will lead you out here in these streets. I said, because a lot of these people can't control their emotions. And God was, was with me right then and there. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard the statement, the loudest people are the weakest people? Yes. That's what anger will do to you. Oh, it's not a friend. Now, anger now, now is Now tell ugly. me this. How will you turn that around in 2008? Now that you know what you know about anger, now that you know what it will do to you, it will destroy your family, now that you know, what will you do about it in 2008? I will how use how will te- you use it to your I, advantage? I will use the techniques I already learned in anger management. I know these things. I already know how to get it under control, but I didn't want to because I, I thought that, I said, if I don't have this ability, I don't, if I don't have this anger, people are just going to walk up and down me and use me and treat me any kind of way. And no, that's not the truth. That's a lie from, the, from where it comes from. Right. It's not the truth because I still can say no. I still can do the things I need to do and, you know, use wisdom, proper judgment. I can still function. I don't need anger and I don't need rage. That was what I was allowing myself to think and feel. Right. And one thing that you said, Carla, uh, that is so important is the wisdom, the wisdom part of it. And Brian and I, we had a show not too long ago, and I made a statement on the show about we were talking about anger and we were talking about husbands beating their wives and beating their families and kids and we were discussing all of these things, and we and, and one of the callers was trying to understand how is it that we can get so angry. And I made a statement, and one of the callers said to me, I like that. That is so true. And I'll, and I'll say it to you. Anger starts when knowledge stops. Mm-hmm. That's when you become really angry. It's when your knowledge on the situation has stopped. Now you don't know how to deal with it. Now you're really upset. So now that you have this wisdom and you know these techniques for 2008 that you're going to use, the ones that come to you that try to belittle you and make you feel less than a woman, that make you feel less than a human being, because some people will step on your dreams, and that's their job. Some people are just haters. Some people don't want to see you. Uh, do what you want to do. Some people don't like to see you happy, and it's sad, but it is true. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's their job. Let them do their job. Let them hate. But you don't let them change or steal your joy. You know, I, I can fully understand that now. I didn't. Right. I didn't under, I, You know what? That's another part of anger. 
It's because it's not that you don't know. It's just that anger is blinding. Anger is so blinding until when the truth sits on you, sit on your head sometimes, you still can't even see it. You still, I still wanted to hold on to my pride. I still wanted to hold on to the fact that I wanted this anger thing to work for me. And I, and I still wanted to, to try to believe that the anger was a good tool to use. And every time, Until, you know. And, every, and so far I heard you say I, 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 I. Take I out of the equation when you're dealing with people. Take you out of it. And look yes. At them. A lot of times when these people come to you, they're, they are hurting. You've heard, the, you've heard the statement, misery loves company? Yes. That's why they're coming to you. They need, they need somebody in that company so they can feel good. And a lot of times they will tear you down, and when you get upset and angry and argue with them, if you ever notice, they won't say anything else because they've accomplished their goal. Yes. They have accomplished their goal for the day. Now your day is all messed up. You're out of focus. You're not, you no longer can do what you, your plans. You can't stay on task when you're angry. Yes. And now they walk off. Now they're feeling good because they tore somebody down. Yes. So now you know the trick of the enemy when it comes. So 2008, that's not happening anymore. But I'll say this. Don't get caught off guard. Don't think it's going to come the same way every time. Don't think these people are going to walk up to you and say mean things like they said. You have to realize they're going to be, these people are very, very foxy. They're very sly on what they're trying to do. They'll come at you in ways to catch you off guard to make you snap. Yes. But when, a, 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 yeah, a, a, good, a good example of that is I had a lady dump her child on me and ran off to Jamaica three days ago. And I volunteered to babysit out of the goodness of my heart. And and when I went, you could have blew me over with a feather when I discovered that she wasn't going to come back. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out she met this MySpace lover and went to be with him, and she was not going to pick the kid up, uh, I, 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 it was like I exploded because, you know, but it was anger, but it was a different way, so I didn't know it was anger. So I just started to cry and cry and cry because I, I, my mind couldn't even take it all in it at that minute. But, you know, my pastor said, that's a good thing that she left the child with you because you're safe. You know, God used you. Just give God praise. Don't feed into that thinking you did the wrong thing because I, I had to let social services take the baby. Mm-hmm. This is not the proper time, and I really felt like I didn't know what to do. And I couldn't keep the baby, so I just let the baby go. And, um, ooh, that tore me up. But some things you can't change. Please understand that. Some things yes. you cannot change. And I think Brian, Brian, Brian chime in Because what, what, what happened is you were put in a situation where that person basically preyed on, upon your giving. Mm-hmm. They preyed upon the fact that they knew you were a giving person. And it may not even been the fact that they knew that you would take care of the child. Mm-hmm. But see, apparently you knew that person. You had you had knowledge of who that person was. You know, it wasn't like this is a person out of the blue. So they are, they already had prior knowledge of how you would react. Yes. But to them it didn't matter because all they saw was, well, I know she'll take care of this, this baby. So... I'll just leave the baby with her, and I'll go do what I have to do because she's not going to. See, I'll tell you, they probably figured that you wouldn't even turn the baby into social services. They figured you probably would just keep the baby, watch the baby, nurture the baby because they know how you feel about children. She was right, but her mother wouldn't let it, her mother wouldn't let it happen. Her mother said, call the police. And I'm going to call her social worker, and, and, and they put, they kicked that thing into action. They took it so fast out of my hand until I prayed. I said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you but want me to do? But and I let it go. The thing. Have you ever wondered why, that, why it happened like that? See, that was, a, that was a test. That was a test. That was your test for 08. Mm-hmm. Because, see, here's the thing. In 08, you're supposed to do something... Greater than you did in '07. That's right. You've already been you've already been tested, and you've been proven from that 
from that first test. So your mm-hmm. first 08 test, you've passed. Amen. Because you did exactly what you were supposed to do. Now, the thing that you, that you would have made the mistake in doing is if you would have tried to keep the baby and not turn the baby into social services and not contact the proper authorities and let them know what was going on, and you tried to raise this baby by yourself. Amen. See, that would have been the incorrect thing to do because now this mother could have easily come back in the next couple of months and said, you stole her baby. Amen. That's what they said. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, what happened to your anger? You didn't get angry. No. I just, I had that baby in my arms, and I don't spoil babies, but for some reason, I just got this weird sensation, and I held her for about three hours. Everybody in the house did. And when I realized she wasn't coming back, the only thing that washed over me was like this warm feeling. And all I could do was just weep and weep and weep. But I was weeping for poor decisions. You know, the, the mom loves this baby. She's just making poor decisions. That's it. She's caught up. And, and I don't feel Carla, anything for her but just knowing that this woman is caught up. That's it. Carla, let me say this. With this person, they probably, if you look at this person's life, this person, I don't know if you've known this person for a long time, but this person probably has things happen to them bad all the time. Yes. They're always in a rut. Things are always happening to them. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, what 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 is happening is this person is blaming circumstances on their future. Okay. Now you can't do that. It's not the circumstances. A lot of times we say we use circumstances as our scapegoat. No, it's not. It's the choices that you're making that will dictate your future, not Absolutely. your circumstances. Your circumstances can be changed. Your choices can be changed. But if you but if you always do the wrong thing all the time in your choices, you're going to stay in a rut right where you are. And, Brian, you know the, the true meaning of insanity. You're doing the same thing daily. Over and over. <laughs> over and over and over, expecting different results. It will not happen. That's why we have to take control of our choices. We have to make the right decision. We have to really be on our game all the time. We have to think, okay, what can happen if I do this? We yes. have to stop and think. If we stop and think, anger will disappear. Yes. We'll, we'll make a, a, a solid commitment to do what we think is right. Not, not be selfish and say, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out with this guy. I'm going to drop the baby off, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have all the pleasure that I can have. That's selfish. That's so selfish. So when we make a decision and we have loved ones, we can't make that decision just on our own. We have to think because there's so many other people that are connected to us that we're affecting them. We think, okay, well, if I go out and do this and I get in trouble, it's me. I'll pay the price. That's okay. No, no, no. Your mother, your father, or your sister, your brother, your husband, your wife, somebody is attached to you at all times in their lives are altered because of decisions that we make. Yes. Our choices. Absolutely. Yeah. Our choices. Never our circumstances. It's our choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it's amazing because I've told you before how I've spent a lot of money <laughs> on a lot of books and different things, but with anger, <clears throat> you know, when you allow that and then when you also don't use, like you said, that that moment to, of clarity to think, relax, breathe, and say, what is the consequences to this next very word, to this next very step? Because now that I'm looking back over my 2007, um, I, I was all in it, and I was all flesh, and I was it was all me. But I felt this driving force to make all of those wrong decisions, I just was on a roll, and I just kept going, 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 you know. And um, it wasn't until this Sunday when the, when it all escalated, and I couldn't even put a pretty face on anymore. 
somebody in church, the young lady in church offended me. And I was so enraged, I walked out of the church twice. And um, I just, the anger had taken so control of me, I couldn't poke a face, I couldn't calm down, I couldn't even pretend. All I wanted to do was to go up to the sister and have her meet me outside. That's how angry I was. I couldn't even, I raged and said, hello, I'm here, I'm here to stay. Those who anger you controls you. Yes. (laughs) Those who anger you always control you. You know, Greg, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow. It's, it seems that some people are so, they they have certain people that can just push their buttons. And some people, anybody can push their buttons. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And it's like, once you get mad, you're mad at anybody and everybody no matter what. I, I know some people who, Sometimes they get so mad that they start to cry. Yes. They, I mean, they literally start to cry because they're angry about something, because somebody said something to them they didn't like, or somebody did something to them they didn't like, or somebody did something some kind of way that they didn't think was right. Mm-hmm. You know? But we want other folks uh, out there in Radio Land to chime in on, you know, the things that they want to do in 08. What are the things do you want to change? Do you want to change your attitude? Maybe your attitude's, you know, not as pleasing as you would like it to be. You know, maybe your financial situation isn't as great as you would like it to be. Or maybe your relationship. Oh, relationships. <laughs> Man, listen, last week when, when we were off and we came up with the idea that we were going to do the show uh what do you expect in 2008? I was talking with this guy. He said, in 2008, I'm not going to cheat on my wife. Oh. I said, oh, my. Oh, my goodness. What kind of what kind of resolution is that? <laughs> I mean, it should be like, today, I'm not going to do that anymore. Don't wait to 08. I don't... You know, Greg, I don't know what kind of resolution that is. I, I don't know. Let me. Let, I want to give out the caller number right quick. 718-508-9600. 718-508-9600. Call in and tell us what y'all think about that. <laughs> because I know what I think about that. That's crazy. Well, hey. But, you know, in... Well, I can't say it's crazy because that's his resolution. Yeah. That's what he has resolved to do. Now, you hear the president talk about having resolve, you know, being steadfast and having resolve and we can do this and we can win this war and stuff like that. He has to be resolute. He has to have resolve. He has to be steadfast if he's going to do that. Because apparently there was something in him that caused him to go and cheat. Or Mm. something that he felt he had to have that was missing, that he believed was missing out of his current relationship for him to go out and look for another one. So now he has to to have resolve. He has to be resolute so he won't go out and commit that same act that he says he's going to stop committing. Wow. But you know what? You're right. We really can't look at a person uh, and and say, what kind of, is that, are you crazy? We can't do that because that person is saying, I'm going to do something positive. I'm going to change this. And we can't judge that person. No. Now, that, that takes a lot of guts for a man to say to another man, in 2008, I'm not going to cheat on my wife. You know, and and, and I'll tell you why. Because you can't always trust people with your words. That's right. You can't always trust people with your words. Suppose the person that he's talking to decides that he's going to go after that man's wife. He can use those very same words that that man said against him. Mm-hmm. Your husband told me he's going to stop cheating on you in 08. Oh, he's cheating on me? Yeah, he told me. He said he's going to stop. That's his New Year's resolution. You know? And so what does that do? Now he's used those words against him, and here he was trying to make a declaration to do right. Mm. 
So a lot of times you can't always let people know, you know, what your resolutions are. Everybody's intentions are not good is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know, some people mean you well. You tell them something that you're going to do positive, and they will encourage you until it's done and even afterwards. Mm -hmm. And others will say, you can't do that. You want to do what? Wait a minute, you've been cheating on your wife 10 years, and now all of a sudden you think you're going to stop it one day? You know what? I, I, I think we shouldn't, I, I think we shouldn't uh, spend so much time on the statement or the resolution that the person is saying. I think we need to look behind what he's really saying. There's an issue there. It sounds like he's struggling with this. It sounds right. like it's something he's going through, and he's struggling with it. He knows it's wrong. And I'm not taking up for him. I'm not doing that. I'm looking past what he said. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a problem there, and he's struggling with it. There's no difference than a man or a woman that's using drugs. I, I, I heard someone on the news say that their New Year's resolution was not to uh, smoke weed. They were going to stop taking those pills, those ecstasy pills or whatever it is that they're taking. You know, I, I heard this stuff on television. Or that. I can't remember the channel, but they were saying all these these things that the world, that, that people that don't do those things, we think, oh, my goodness, is he crazy for saying that? Or has, or, or, or is it whatever he's doing controlling him or her? Right, because you hear somebody say that and, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. Mm-hmm. He said he's going to stop smoking weed. That means he's smoking weed. He's telling everybody. Mm-hmm. He said he's going to stop cheating on his wife. I can't believe he said that. Now everybody's going to know he was cheating on his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not even the case because the thing he had to do, and the the, uh, the Catch-22 type thing, you don't want everybody to know or you don't want to just tell everybody what your resolution is because you don't know how... You know, you don't know whether they mean you well or not, but on the converse side, you have to speak it into existence. So you have to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. So I think that the catch part of it is, who do you tell? Because mm. you have to tell somebody. Now, if a stranger tells you that, that person is that person is hurting. Right. That person is looking for someone to say something uplifting. What if you were to say, are you crazy? Why stop now? That's not what that person needs to hear. We have, we have the opportunity to say awesome, awesome things to people, life-changing things with the people that we come in contact with. You don't just come in contact with a person just to come in contact with them. There is a reason for all of us meeting, there's a reason, and it's all about helping each other. You know, Brian, if, if let's say tomorrow, all of us, the listeners, everybody, if you say something uplifting to three people a day, the person, it's the first person that you may come in contact with, that person probably was contemplating suicide. But because you said something uplifting, it gave them hope to see and look for tomorrow. You may have passed someone, like I said, Brian, that was going to commit suicide, and you walked by that person and you said something, and that person was on their way to commit it, to commit the act. Or that person was on their way to have an abortion. Or that person was on their way to sleep with a man or a woman that's infected with AIDS. Our words are powerful. And I say in 2008, we should exercise saying quality things, yes, uplifting and motivating things to each other, even if we don't know them, even if we don't feel like it. I say force yourself to do it, because what you make happen for someone else, it will happen for you. It will happen for you. So, Brian... Yes. Time is clicking down. What do you expect in 2008? I expect to be on it like I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm going to keep using that term. <laughs> you know, 
and, and the reason I keep using it is because it brings me back to the things that I'm focused on doing. You know, I've, I've had some things that I've been talking about doing for, heck, probably about at least a, about two, three years. But I haven't done them yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is me. I go out and I motivate others about, you know, going after their dreams. And here it is, some dr- some dreams of mine that I have not gone after yet. Because I've been so busy motivating others. You see the Cash 22 thing here? You know, I haven't gone after, I mean, it's not that I haven't gone after any of my dreams. It's just some of them that I could have gone after, I haven't yet. Because I've been so focused on doing something else. And so this year is the year where I've decided that I'm going to take a couple of those those goals Mm -hmm. that that I haven't reached yet. And I'm going to reach them. And for the ones that I've reached, I'm going to exceed those others. Because there's no time better than the present. That's right. That's right. But you know what, Brian? I think what we need to do is stop living in the past. Yes. And I think that's a big, I think that's a serious issue that we're not aware of. Now, 2008 just happened. We start doing good. We start, we're motivated on doing, achieving our goals and our dreams, and then we start thinking about 2007. Hmm. What makes you think you can do this in 2008? You couldn't do it in 05, 06, and 07. So what makes you think 08 is any different? You cannot do this. You can't do this. One of the, one of the, the uh, listeners, Brian, in the chat room said, I want to elevate my business and my finances to a higher level. She's made a declaration that, that that's what she wants to do. Or he. I'm not sure. Now they said it. It's out there. Mm-hmm. They said it. And I'm sure that this person is going to write their plans and their goals down and read them to themselves daily. Sometimes, Brian, we have to talk to ourselves. Yes, yes. Whether somebody's listening or not. Sometimes you know, what, you know Greg, to to here, here's the other thing we have to start doing. Stop doing, rather. Mm-hmm. Stop being so lazy. Procrastinating. Stop procrastinating. I have a, I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I had a problem with being lazy. Not that I was just lazy and wouldn't do anything. It was just that I said, ah, I'll do it later. Ah, I'll do it later. Ah, I'll do it later. <laughs> and I would sit there, and, and days and weeks and months would go by, and I still hadn't done it. And I'd say, ah, you know what? I'll do it later. Stop waiting till later. Tomorrow is not promised. You have to go out and attain what you can while there's still time. Because tomorrow is not promised to you. I guarantee you, Brian, and all of the listeners, if driving to work tomorrow or school or wherever you're going, roll your window down. I guarantee you you'll hear sirens. I guarantee you. That's called life. Life is happening to someone. That someone's child that was probably in a wreck, and they didn't follow their dreams and their goals, and now they're taking that in the ground with them. Yes. Their greatness they procrastinated. They said, well, you know what? I can do this. I'll do it next week. Next week come. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll start on it tomorrow. You have this great dream, but you hold it in. And now you're in an accident, and you took that greatness with you. You've cheated the world. That's what we're doing. When we procrastinate, Brian, we're cheating the world. Because we were all born with something great in us to do to help someone else. And when we don't do it, we're cheating. We're not sharing our gift with someone else. We're taking our gift in the ground. And, Brian, it's it's sad, but if you think about it, every time you go to a funeral, that's one thing. Your priority changes when you go to a funeral because it shakes you up. Mm Mm-hmm. And you say, you know what, that could be me. Okay. The funeral was two months ago. Now how do you feel? Oh, I'll do it some other time. You know, you, you made me think about something. You always, do you always, you ever notice how when you go to a funeral, 
The folks who have been causing the most havoc and the most mess are the first ones to say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. And two, three weeks later down the line, they're right back doing the same thing they used to do. I can remember a friend of mine uh, talking about how he was going to do better after somebody got killed that he was close to. And next thing I know, he was right back doing wrong, right back in the streets and, you know, doing what he was doing. And I'm like, man, didn't you say you were going to do better? Man, you know how it is, man. (laughs) I got to do what I got to do. And I'm like, you know, you just defeated the whole purpose of your statement. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, why would you go back to doing what got your boy killed? Well, you know, these streets ain't friendly. These streets ain't kind. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you have command over the streets. You don't have to be out there. There's a thing called a job. Get one. Work it. Create one. You know, I mean, I look at, I talked to a a friend of mine that used to be a a big-time drug dealer. And I talked to him. I saw him when I was at home. And he says, yeah, man, I just got off from work. And I'm like, got off from work? Yeah, I work at the Budweiser plant now. And it shocked me. Because I'm like, you stopped selling drugs? You sold drugs for 15 years. And he says, well, I had to stop sometime. <laughs> you know? And, it, and I was just amazed because, you know, I always would get on him about what he was doing in his lifestyle. Man, you got to get out of these streets, man. You've been on these, you know, I'm like, you you know, you're 38 years old. And you've been selling drugs for 15 years. What are you going to do? And, you know, he always would say, Man, you know, uh, I, I, I was born in the streets. I got to live and die in the streets. No. You know, and I'm like, you don't have to do that. And so when I saw him, I actually hadn't seen him in a good, probably about a year. And when I saw him, he was like, hey, man, you know, what's going on? How you doing? And I'm thinking, oh, boy, here he come again. You know, I was like, Let me, I said, I'm not going to even, you know, talk about what he's doing because I know he's going to be like, all right, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's usually been his, oh, here you go. You finna start talking. And so it was kind of, it was a little strange that he came up and he was like having a conversation because normally when he saw me, he like, hey, Brian, how you doing, boy? Don't start talking about that, <laughs> you know? Right. And so it was just refreshing to know that he decided to make a change. And he didn't wait to 08. <laughs> he did it before that, huh? He did it before 08. He didn't make a New Year's resolution. He made a daily resolution. You know what? That's something that we need to start doing. That's right. Make a daily resolution. Write it today. down. Read it to yourself daily. Yeah. Today, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to accomplish. This is what I want the results to be. Let's See, if, go you don't, if you don't know what your results, if you don't know what you want your results of whatever you plan to be, how can you know when you've attained them? That's right. You know, I look at it, Brian, like your notes is your target. Mm-hmm. But it, and, and your notes are your plans, which are your targets. Right. But if you don't have any notes and you don't have any plans, what are you shooting at? You're just shooting in the wind. There's not, you don't know if you're going to hit or not. Straight There's nothing bullet. there. But Brian, sometimes they hit their intended targets and sometimes they don't. Yes. Brian, you know, we're going to be on a show tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. On the TZ Ministries Gospel Hour. If you could, please join us there. We're going to be on 11, what is it, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Brian? 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 p.m. Central. We'll be on with Pastor T.D. White, who's been a frequent guest of our show. Yes, 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 he has. It's going to be a powerful show. If you have time, please come over and listen to it. We're gonna we're just gonna have an uplifting time, motivating people, saying you can do this, you really can. And I tell you what, in two thousand eight, Brian, I'm gonna say this. In two thousand eight, you've heard it all the time, the best is yet to come. You've heard that before. Oh yeah. 
And a lot of times people say, well, that's not true. I've been hearing that all the time. The best is yet to come in 2008. I know y'all know how to move out there. 
Let's move. 